We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello, Lakers Nation. Welcome into the LakersNation.com podcast. I'm Trevor Lane here for LakersNation.com. The Lakers have already embarked upon their preseason action, and we're seeing some really exciting stuff. At this point, they are winless in preseason play, but we're seeing much better performances out of a number of players, including guys like Kendrick Nunn, who we didn't see last season. So we've got a lot to break down so far out of two preseason games for the Lakers. Joining me, we've got Alan Slewa from ESPN and Daniel Starkand from LakersNation.com. Guys, how you doing? What is going on, guys? This is uh, so Win Hotel. You guys aren't messing around anymore. I mean, there's no messing around <laughs> here. This is as nice of a studio that I've ever been in. Uh, this is fantastic. So appreciate you having me on, Trev. And that means a lot for a guy who spends most of his time in ESPN studios. Yes. Maybe I just took a shot at ESPN <laughs> indirectly. <laughs> I did not mean that. Would like my paycheck still every two weeks. But uh, this is a beautiful studio. Awesome studio. We're, we are always glad to come here to the Win and, and uh, be able to record here at Blue Wire Studios. Daniel. Great to get in here and have you uh, have you talking a little bit of Lakers. And uh, I thought, you know, going to the game last night, we mm-hmm. saw a pretty fun and exciting game, even if Definitely. the end result wasn't what we were looking for. Definitely. I mean, I, I feel like um, the energy in the building, it didn't really feel like a preseason game. Um, obviously, Laker fans love coming out to Las Vegas. It was a packed house. Um, LeBron gave us a show in the first half. Um, but yeah, like you were saying earlier, there's a lot of like individual positives to take away. I know it's early in the preseason, um, a brand new group. It's a work in process, but I, I liked what I saw specifically in the first half. Um, and, and hopefully they could, you know, keep building on it. Alan, one of the things that I've noticed mm-hmm. with this Lakers team so far, and again, it's a tiny sample size of just two games, so we don't want to get ahead of ourselves here, but it f- this feels, maybe it's an oversimplification. This feels like a basketball team. Like this feels like <laughs> an actual basketball team that's going out there and competing to win games, and I don't feel like we saw that for large chunks of the season last time around. So it's a, it's a big difference already. So I know I know that sounds funny when you say it. Yeah. I even t- uh, tweeted out yesterday something like, okay, I know it's preseason. I don't want to make it sound like I'm, uh, I'm changing predictions and all that stuff. They do look like they're playing basketball, and they do look like they're competitive, and they do look like there is a purpose, and they do look like they're playing for each other, and they do look like Darvin Ham definitely has them motivated. Granted, it's in preseason, right? Yeah. Like the date, what was yesterday? October 5th. Today's October 6th. Yeah. No one's winning a championship in October. However, um, that's encouraging. You know, and I, I think, you know, you could get excited if you're a Laker fan. Coming off last season and just thinking about how awful that season went and think about how there was never a moment where 
you kind of felt optimistic. There are actually plenty of moments you were incredibly disappointed just by effort. I don't think they're going to have that same problem with Darvin Ham, but it's it's really, really tough to, you know, obviously um, to assess a team when the games don't matter and when you're in your honeymoon stage, which right. they are right now with Darvin Ham. They'll face some adversity down the road. They'll be in situations where it's back-to-back in Denver and Utah and things don't go their way. That's where we'll, you know, obviously get a gauge of who this team is. Yeah, absolutely. It's way too early to declare mission accomplished or anything like that. But so far, this is what you would essentially hope to see from a team led by Darvin Ham, who we've said many times makes me feel like I want to go yep. run through a brick wall for, for, for him. He is absolutely amazing as a motivator. Uh, Daniel, Patrick Beverly as well. Yeah. We, we saw the energy <laughs> when yeah. he, he blocks DeAndre Ayton and he's staring him down. Or as, yeah. as Twitter corrected me when I put this out there, they said he was actually staring him up. <laughs> but yeah, Not wrong. Yeah. Travis blocked me before and gave me that look. It's not a good feeling. It's not a good feeling. The, uh, the, the infamous one-on-one game. Yeah, the, yeah Echo Park. Where <laughs> Trav and I are going at it at Echo Park. Oh, man, I, I need to get in on that next game. But, but yeah, no, totally. Uh, regardless, like, of their play on the court so far, you could kind of just tell that this group, like, they're, they're already starting to build that chemistry that we saw on, the, on that championship team two years ago that was definitely lacking last year and, and kind of lacking the year before that as well. So that's good to see. You bring in, it's a lot of new guys. It's a lot of young guys, which I personally, I, I like, especially after last season. Like, you could tell that these guys are hungry. There's guys that are competing but in a healthy way for, mm. for roles um and, and just the overall energy you know on on the court on the sidelines like in the locker room it just feels like they like each other and, and um obviously like Alan was saying they're gonna face adversity at, at some point this season probably sooner rather than later um but it helps when when you have a tight-knit group when that adversity does come I like the I like that healthy competition yeah that's that's really what we are seeing out of this group where you've got a lot of guys that are competing for spots we talk about Thomas Bryan we talk about Damian Jones you look at the shooting guard position where you've got Austin Reeves and Lonnie Walker and Kendrick Nunn and, and Patrick Beverly, but they are all supporting each other, helping each other out. There was a play against the Suns where Kendrick Nunn went and attacked the basket and he falls to the ground and every Laker on the bench just pick swarm him to pick him yeah. up. And then Patrick Beverly gives him the slingshot fling down the floor so he can get back on defense. This team, they look like they're having fun and that makes them fun to watch. So I don't know if you guys noticed this. The, it's kind of a different feel to it from when you're at, the, at Crypto. So for us, at least from the radio broadcast, we're sitting courtside. So you see things and hear things you don't typically get to see mm-hmm. from crypto. Crypto, you were between the 100 and 200 sections. So it's different. You're not, you're 20 rows back. I don't know how many different times I saw, I think a lot of this stems from Darvin Ham. Okay, I don't know how many different times I saw Darvin Ham. Hey, Russ, come here for a second. Arm around his shoulder and just having a conversation. Um, Chris Paul going out of his way at the, I don't know when it was, end of the second quarter, early third quarter, stops and talks to Darvin Ham. Just a quick hello. Devin Booker, quick hello. I feel like I feel like Darvin Ham has incredible amount of respect already in the league. And that doesn't have to be, well, he's the Lakers coach. I'm going to show him respect right. now. No, I, I think it has to do with his journey, how he got into the NBA, how he had to fight every single year to stay in the NBA, his eight-plus years as an assistant coach. He has a really, really good story, and he's sitting where he is as the head coach of the Los Angeles Lakers, not because it was handed to him, because he earned it. So when you say, hey, I love the way there's some chemistry, the guys are working hard for each other, I really, really think that that's, that's a, um, that, that has a piece to do with your coach. And again, early, everything else. But I, I, yesterday, was it was encouraging. It really was. Mm-hmm. I, I think the first game, the first half, that's one thing. The second half, you know, obviously outscored by 35. 
it's encouraging watching Lakers basketball right now. As a fan, you want to you want to you want them to want it more than a fan does, and when they do, you appreciate that more. I don't think we felt that last season. Absolutely, there's you have a connection with mm-hmm. the team that's different than when you're disconnected because you, as a fan, are wanting them to win, and they don't seem to yeah. have that same desire. Now, I think there is that that connectivity there between the fan base and this team. Again, it being very very early. Um, I do want to mention, though, you, you said in the second half of games where we've got the young players coming in in preseason. And, of course, Darvin Ham's just getting these guys experienced. Daniel, you and I were talking about this at the game last night that you looked on the floor and, like, the Suns had, you know, it was their end-of-the-bench guys, but it was veterans. It was guys right. who have been in the league yeah, for a while, yeah. whereas the Lakers, they've got three guys, sometimes more, that are literally playing in their second NBA game ever. So I don't look at these results. That doesn't damper my spirits about the team at all. I focus more on the, the beginning. So I still see some fans, though, on social media that are saying, oh, same old Lakers, they, they lost the game. That's, I don't feel like that's the correct takeaway from this. Uh, yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. And, and I, I get the apprehension, especially with what happened in the preseason last year where the Lakers you know, didn't really take it seriously. Right. Guys are in and out of the lineup, and then that kind of carried over into the regular season. But even with the results of these two games, like I don't, I don't think it's at all like last preseason at all. Like I think, for the most part, the guys are playing hard, and, and like you said, in the second half, like I, I don't think we're gonna see too many lineups where there's you know two undrafted rookies and, and a second round rookie all on the floor at the same time. Um, so, so I, I think people, people are. I have seen a lot of people overreacting, um, but at the same time, I think there's there's that's good experience for those guys. Like mm-hmm. even if even if the score isn't going how you know the way they wanted, even if Cole Swider is getting seven shots up and only making one of them, yeah, hit a shot, Cole. <laughs> Jesus. Um, you know, I, I think that's good experience for them to build off. Um, they've only played two NBA preseason games, and, and like you said, like a lot of the minutes they were playing, you know, last night was against guys who have NBA experience. So obviously, advantage to those guys, and and to the to the Lakers young guys' credit, they stayed in it, and it came down all the way to the end to the point where Monty Williams is is fouling up three because he didn't what, want what, what he didn't was want that, the Lakers. by the way uh, it's preseason Monty why are you fouling up like at least have a little bit of fun come yeah, on i i agree i wanted i wanted to see uh either Cole Swider or Matt Ryan someone get a look at a three there to tie it unfortunately we didn't but uh you know that 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 shows that Monty kind of had that respect even though that you know those are young guys so uh i i thought it was a really fun game even you know even in the second half start to finish um, and, and I think there's just a lot of building blocks mm-hmm. to go off from there. Let me ask you guys this. Alan, I'll start with you. What, has anything surprised you so far? We had these ideas coming into preseason of what we expected to see. Yeah. Have you seen anything that you weren't anticipating seeing? Um, not anticipating. Well, th- this is kind of an obvious one. And I know it's preseason. I know some people are going to say, okay, relax, buddy. Um, AD didn't play yesterday, mm-hmm. and he was on the – uh, the status report in the first game as well. Listen, I'd be lying to you if I didn't say that doesn't that doesn't that that does not stand out to me. Yeah, it's a little concerning, right? How can it not be? 164 games the last two years, he's played 76 of them. He had five months and three weeks off, and you know we keep talking about and everybody is right how important he is, how fresh he is. Um, Darvin Ham was on uh, for media day with Travis and myself, Travis and Sleeva show on on 710. And he was talking about how, yeah, 100%, this guy should be in that MVP conversation. That portion to me, I, I was hoping that the preseason, we get to see AD trying to get back into form. 
we get to see certain lineups that we have not seen yet before that Darvin Ham gets to experiment with. I mean, in the pregame show, you guys are both there, Coach Dar- Darvin Ham talking, and he gave out the starting lineup. Anthony Davis was in it with LeBron, with Russ, Patrick Beverly, and Austin Reeves. And then before the game starts, scratches. Actually, you tell me. You told me That's right. was, we were sitting there <laughs> having a, a bite to eat, and, and it happens right before the game starts. Um, it's not the end of the world, but AD's at a, at a stage of his career where he does not get the benefit of the doubt on some of this stuff. Mm-hmm. Bron played yesterday. He's in his 20th season. Uh, Russ, whatever your opinion is on Russ, he shows up every night, as yeah. in he's physically there. So that part to me, I wasn't expecting to see that, and I know it's preseason, but I think it's impossible not to walk away and say, all right, well, is AD not healthy again? You know, did something happen again? So that, that, that to me would be the most surprising of anything else that we have. There are some other X's and O's, starting lineup type of stuff, mm-hmm. but that one is a surprise to me. Yeah, that was, it was shocking when Darvin Ham had just said Anthony yeah. Davis was starting. Yeah. Then, it was 20 minutes later, mm-hmm. suddenly Anthony Davis is out, I mean, right before the game. But, uh, Daniel, you're a surprise coming from what um, we've seen so far. I'll, I'll go a little more on the positive end, although I do I do agree with Alan. And as someone who has is kind of long and lanky and has dealt with some back issues before, that's something you never want to see because that it, that can make it maybe start off as something small, um, but you could tweak it at any time and whatnot and it becomes a bigger problem. So, um, but, so my biggest takeaway, I'd say, has been Kendrick Nunn. You mentioned him kind of at the beginning of the show. Um, Obviously, he, he missed all of last season, so you know the Laker faithful hasn't really gotten a chance to see what he could do in in, in the purple and gold. So um, coming into this season, I, I I know for me, I didn't have huge expectations for none. I thought maybe he, you know, first of all, is he healthy? We didn't really hear much about that over the summer. Um, so I, I thought he could maybe be a you know a bench contributor. Um, but so far, I mean, he's he's looked great. I know it's only two games, but the main thing he looks healthy. First of all, he's got that burst back, um, and, and his jump shot has looked great. And we we've talked about this roster construction all summer pretty much. And the one thing uh, that we've said on and on again is this team lacks that outside shooting. They don't really have those those knockdown shooters. And and I don't know if Kendrick Nunn's going to be a forty percent high volume guy. Um, I think he's, you know, 37, 38% for his career. So if he could do that, um, that would be a very welcome sight. Um, he could play on and off the ball. So I think that's a guy who's going to get a lot of minutes on this roster. And if he could, if he continues to look the way he has uh, looked the, the last two nights, that's, he's going to be a huge contributor. Hey, Kendrick, not a, a man of few words, but, <laughs> yeah. but he gets, he gets buckets. He's a bucket getter. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's all he's yeah. focusing on is get is getting those buckets. Um, let me ask you guys a little bit about this because my surprise so far has been Wenyan Gabriel. Like he's gotten a lot of minutes. He didn't do much on the glass against the Suns, but just he's looked pretty competent out there. And given the Lakers' lack of wings in terms, specifically guys that are his size that can be a little bit switchy out there on the perimeter, I've been fairly impressed with what we've seen to the point where, like, he's the guy that people keep keying on and saying, "Well, he's got a non-guaranteed contract. If they need to waive somebody, it's going to be him." I feel like so far from what we've seen, he's at least locking up a roster spot. I don't, I don't look at him as somebody that you can just say, well, we're going to move on from him. I think they may actually need what he brings. So it, it's funny with Wenyan because you're right on a couple things there. That's not a dude you ever have to worry. Use yesterday as an example. So he ends up starting the game. That's never a guy that you have to worry about. Did he just take a playoff? Did he? Yeah, right. uh, is he hustling up and down the floor? And I listen, I, I know... There's a reason for that. Uh, part of it's probably just in his DNA, and this is his makeup, and this is how you stay in the league if you're someone like him. But he's useful. He's helpful. Plays good defense. 
bodies up people, boxes out when he needs to, does all the little things. Um, that doesn't mean Wendy Gabriel needs to have 25 minutes a game, but he doesn't need to, right? right like right. if he if he's giving you one game 25 because somebody's in foul trouble or somebody's just not having a good game, you need a spark plug off the bench, he can give you that. If you need him for 10 minutes, he can give you that. Those are always useful players to have on the roster. I, 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 I don't think anybody can complain about what he brings to the table every night. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash Blue Wire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Yeah. Yeah. I think yeah. he's been great. Yeah. No, I couldn't agree more. Like, if you if you just give me, like, the energy and motor of Wenyan Gabriel and every player on the roster, like, yeah. <laughs> they're competing for a championship. So, I, I couldn't agree with that more. I also think if you look at the roster, um, there's – I know Wenyan Gabriel's not a wing, but he, he's he's a bigger body who could – shoot a little bit um and and that's another thing that this roster is lacking so i i think there there will be a role for him i agree with alan i don't i don't think he's going to be starting or necessarily penciled in for 20 25 minutes a game but i, I do think there's going to be those nights kind of like you were yeah. saying before when it's a back-to-back -back in utah and denver where guys are tired guys are injured and out and and he could just go in there and have more energy than anyone in the entire gym and and sometimes that could you know be contagious to other guys and that could result in a win so for, for a guy who's who's on a minimum non-guaranteed contract, um, I, I don't think you could ask for much more. You know, when I think of Wendy Gabriel, I think of the energy. I think that he's he's the guy that it's going to be one of those random, like a, a January game in Denver or something like that. And Wendy Gabriel is going to go out there and he's going to make a couple of big plays in succession. Mm -hmm. He's going to come in and he's going to get everybody fired up. But then that gets me thinking... How many technical fouls is the bench is the bench going to get? We saw we saw Thomas Bryant was announced as Russell Westbrook in the yeah. in the arena, but Thomas Bryant gets a technical foul. Why is this happening? Why why would you even do like this? Is part of the the excitement and the fun of the game and the NBA is saying no, you, you're not allowed to have too much fun there. Come on, that that just hurts these energy so, you guys. Know, you know it's funny. There was where like I mentioned where I was sitting and you kind of saw the interaction of it happen. You mentioned earlier um, who was it? Kendrick Nunn that went down. Yeah. Everybody gets up and helps him. And when that all unfolded, Darvin Ham was like, okay, we're getting a warning, right? No, there was no warning. It was just directly a technical foul. And during one of the breaks, Russ gets up and he goes to the referee. He brings the iPad and he's showing the ref, that wasn't me. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Right. Basically saying it wasn't me. And why are you giving us a T? And then I think they, it, was it Thomas Bryant who ended up Thomas being a technical Bryant, foul? Yeah. yeah, I'm with you. Come on, guys. There's a, plus it's a preseason game. Right. Yeah. Plus it's different if somebody is, you know, going after a referee versus a team excited for their squad. Let's Absolutely. let's keep the play going. Yeah, let, let let the guys have a little bit of fun and they should be able to look this is basketball. One of the things about about basketball is you look at football. 
these guys are wearing helmets. It's harder to create that, like that, just identify with yeah, those, yeah. with those players to build that that connection. Basketball, you know, they're wearing a tank top right out there, and so it's very easy to to see these players to identify with them with the emotion that you see on their faces, and that helps bring in that fan connection because again, you have that that shared experience that builds that. And you're trying to stifle that. I don't think you want to do that if you're the NBA. Mm-hmm. I get, I get, you can go too far with things, right? I, it's we saw. Sorry, I'm with you, Danny. We saw the clip earlier of, D, of D'Angelo Russell flapping, flapping his <laughs> wings on the on the sideline when he was with the Lakers and everything. But I think that you need to allow these guys to express their emotion that comes naturally with the game, and I think that's only going to help build the fan base and build that connection to the sport. So I, I think the NBA is doing themselves a disservice. And particularly this becomes an issue because I think this Lakers team is going to be very exciting on the bench and they're going to be having a lot of fun and cheering each other on. I don't want to see that stop. Yeah, no, I, I agree. Um, I agree with everything both you guys said. Um, I will say though, like from the Lakers perspective, like if, if you get a handful of technicals a season at the cost, like that, if that's the cost of building good chemistry and, and Patrick good Beverly point. talked about point. it last night, yeah. they're trying to build a brotherhood. If it costs you a few points here and there, it's not the end of the world. I, th- I think I personally enjoyed just watching the bench reaction to, to, to all those, you know, dunks and, and blocks and whatnot. Um, but, but I think it's good. I think, you know, these, these early days of training camp and preseason, especially for a roster where there's a lot of new guys, it's, it's really important for building that chemistry. And I think that's what lacked last year that I think they're making a conscious effort um, to, to try and build this year. And I will give Pat Bev some credit in that regard. I feel like every team he's been on, that's kind of been his focus on building that, that brotherhood and that chemistry. And, and it, it ends up, you know, working out. And, and you see, that, you know, it turns into success on the court. So one of the guys that we would be remiss if we didn't talk about here, it's Austin Reeves. <laughs> he stuffed the stat sheet in the game against the Suns. I thought he was, he looked not like himself in, in the first game, in the first preseason game. Second game, we saw what he can really be. He was put into the starting lineup. Alan, do you think there was any correlation there between that? Is, is starting, I think, going to be the role moving forward for Austin Reeves based on the production that we saw when he's playing alongside LeBron and Russ? So if they go small... I think you'll have that opportunity, yeah. right? But there's no, we don't know yet if they're going to, if it's going to be Damian Jones or it'll be AD at center. So we'll have to wait and find out. Um, listen, Reeves, I think you could put him anywhere, anytime, and you're going to get production from him. I, I'm a fan of, we were talking about Kendrick Nunn earlier. I'd much rather see Kendrick Nunn come off the bench than be a starter. And I think yesterday is a perfect example. You need, you need weapons off the bench. Yeah. And if it's Patrick Beverly that's coming off the bench or Austin Reeves coming off the bench, they're not, their game is not equipped of, hey, I can go get you a bucket. Hey, I can go run an offense. Hey, shot clock's running down. Give me the ball. Where I feel like Kendrick Nunn can do that. Right. If Reeves is in at the starting lineup, I got no problem with that. Um, if he's one of those players that gets to, I don't need the ball to be effective. I got AD and LeBron that are already in. I love it. I like that. Plus, he's a good defensive player. It's a good way to kind of, you know, you pair him with a Patrick Beverly it's a good way to start off the game with more of a defensive focus. No problem with me. Austin Reeves in there. He does little things too. He might be yep. getting some assists, might be getting some rebounds. It's not like he's a one-trick pony and he's only going to do this and that's why he's on the floor. I don't think any Laker has any issues with more Austin Reeves. Yeah, I mean, he's been been fit. I mean, LeBron said, I, I love Austin Reeves. <laughs> what, was, what was the quote again, Daniel? He said something like Austin he said Reeves. All, was... He said all he does is ball, chill, and play golf. That's right. Yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> 
good life. That, yeah. That's right. That's yeah. good right. Life right there. Yeah. He's you know he is so he's he's focused on what it is that he likes basketball. He is out there on the floor doing the things that the Lakers need. He is he's a glue guy and he's somebody yep. that can really make everything work. And so I think more minutes for him and even perhaps a starting role is going to be an important thing for this Lakers team. I thought defensively he was very good. I was, Alan, you can tell me. Dan, Daniel yeah. and I have talked about this. I was shocked when the Lakers started out defensively. I thought, okay, Patrick Beverly, he's in the game. He's going to be in there to start and defend Chris Paul. Mm -hmm. It was Austin Reeves. What did you think about that that decision? I, I was not expecting that at all. I think there are some there's some size, some length, getting through screens. By the way, Pat Bev can do all this stuff. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But it presents a little bit. It, it's a it's a bigger player, right? Like somebody that has the length, somebody that has size on Chris Paul. And, and Austin Reeves, I got no problem with. Again, this is it would be more of a surprise if maybe you put Russ. If you said, hey, Russ is guarding Chris Paul, I'd be like, okay, well, why would you do that? Reeves gives you enough confidence to where whether it's Chris Paul or whether it's even if it was Steph, and I'm not telling you he's going to shut these down, shut these guys down. He's not going to, but he also can hold his own. You know, he could hold his own weight. So was it a surprise? Yes. But the fact that it was Austin Reeves, it was like, okay, I could see that. I get it. Yeah. And he did have a really nice recovery block on, uh, on Chris Paul. Mm -hmm. I think he finished the night with, uh, with two blocks. So again, Austin Reeves, yeah, a couple steals as well too. So. That's right. Uh, really, really nice job stripping down at the ball. If he does get a get, somebody gets a step on him, tries to get a body on him, you can tell he's stronger too. Guys aren't bouncing him off as much as we saw last season. So I'm excited to see uh, what he can bring. Let's finish with the guy we've been talking about all summer, though. <laughs> Russell Westbrook, right? We we've been saying the same Lakers Nation. You know, we've been saying Russell Westbrook all summer long, talking about trade opportunities. What's your assessment so far of uh, of his play, Alan? Um, yeah, so far I I think he. In a weird way, I feel like he looks more comfortable. Um, listen, is it going to be perfect? He was 4-12 from the field yesterday. I think the night before, he only took three shots, was 2-3. I don't want Russ to be – I don't want his production to be based on how many points did Russ have. Mm -hmm. However, if you're going to take 12 shots, you want to obviously see a higher percentage. You want to, as best as you can, limit some of your turnovers. I'm really, really interested – how Darvin Ham and that Westbrook connection is. You know, he talked briefly yesterday, Spectrum, Mike Trudell, and it was, hey, listen, uh, uh, we do have a good relationship. I'm doing whatever he needs me to do. Let's see how it progresses. You're right. The whole conversation has always been about Russ. It's been about Russ from the moment he got here last year to where we're sitting today. Um, hopefully that dies down a little bit and Russ can just go out there and play basketball. Am I a little hesitant? I am because it, it has not fit so far. Um, and part of that's on Russ, and part of it is just the natural fit. It hasn't been there. Can a head coach change all that? We're going to find out. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, I think we've seen flashes from Russell Westbrook so far that have kind of fit in, or at least we've seen a shift compared to what we saw from him last year, but we've also seen moments where he's kind of slipped back into mm -hmm. the same Well, It's like there's this struggle going on here between. It's <laughs> like it's like Bruce Banner and the Hulk, and he's kind of like caught halfway in between, and you're, you're, just, you're hoping he just fully hulks out and we get the the efficient version of Russell Westbrook, but he just can't quite get the and it's, I think it's going to be a process. But we're seeing some instances of hope that I think they can get this to work. Again, small sample size though. Daniel, are you are you optimistic at this point? To shout out to Matt Peralta, <laughs> uh, I'm more optimistic than I was a year ago. I I think the Darvin Ham buy-in is the big key here, and it's clear that already within two weeks he's got a better relationship with. Darvin Ham than he did in a full year with Frank Vogel. 
Um, and I also think another key is is the shot selection. Like we saw him knock down a couple corner threes yeah. last night. That was actually the numbers showed. Like he's actually decent at corner threes. We see him attacking the basket a lot. You know, creating for others. Um, we're, we're seeing him cut down on, on the mid range. You know, the the bank shots. Like if if he you know he was taking maybe like two or three of those a game. If you if you just cut those out, that's already a big enough difference right there. Where um, you, you're going to be more efficient. Um, and you're you're creating plays for others as well as he's always done. So I think uh, it's been a mixed bag so far. But overall, I'd say I'm definitely optimistic. Um, but but like you said, how how long is it going to last? Like we we got to see is he saying he's buying in now and then two months from now when he gets you know when he's not closing a game uh, is he going to be on the end of the bench pouting um, or or is this a, a we're buying in for the full season and let's see what happens. So we'll we'll see. Um, but but I would expect, you know, we've talked about the Pacers trade talks a, a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, we see what Victor uh, Wembenyaya is doing. If I was the Pacers, um, I'd be calling the Lakers to try to get that deal done. So I wouldn't be surprised if that, you know, those talks get revisited um, either in the middle of the season or, 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 you know, by the trade deadline. Yeah, I think that's something that could happen as well. Um, again, teams, the race to the bottom this year, that's, that's a whole other subject. But it's going to be very interesting with what we saw Wembenyama doing as well as uh, Scoot Henderson. But, um, Alan, you know, we mentioned the, the stats for Russell Westbrook. I wonder, are we going to get, like, five, ten games into the season and Russ is averaging, I don't know, like 14, 6, and 7 or something like that, but he's more efficient, if that's going to bother him. I think he, he's presented himself as someone who cares about stats, cares yeah. about being yeah. the triple-double guy. Mm-hmm. I think you're in agreement, I, I think, that this is – it's more important that Russ is efficient, and that's what's going to help the Lakers win – but that's not going to help him put up those numbers. And so that, I think, is going to be the internal struggle that I'm waiting to see how that plays out with him. So this is, uh, this is critical for his own career, too. Yep. Final year of his contract. Yep. Making $47 million. Can you adapt in the NBA when your game, you're not at the peak of your game anymore, when teams might need you to adjust and play a specific role? I don't have the answer. But if you told me he was 14-5-5, five, and five, but... You know, we could look at Russ and we could say, hey, he had a good game today. Mm-hmm. I like how he contributed. I like that there were stages of the game. You know, Darvin Ham told him to come off the bench, and when he came off the bench, he was actually really good for the Lakers. Those are the conversations we're going to need to have because if it's I'm trying to get mine and, you know, like you said, that those stats matter, it's not in the best interest of the Lakers, then we're going to continue to have probably the same problem that we had last season. Yeah. Yep. Something to keep an eye on Yeah. moving forward for sure, sure. what happens with Russell Westbrook. But – Lakers Nation, appreciate all of you for for joining us here today. Again, always a treat to get to come record here at Blue Wire Studios at the Win in Las Vegas. Alan, Daniel, thanks so much for coming on here and uh, talking Lakers basketball. Yes, sir. Absolutely. One more pre uh, one more preseason game to go check out tonight. That's so. right. That's <laughs> right. And all the stars sitting, but that should give us uh, ample opportunity to see everybody else and see what they do. So should be a fun one. But. Again, everybody, thank you guys for watching. If you're listening to the podcast version of this, appreciate you guys as well. Make sure you do subscribe over on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever it is that you listen to podcasts. And over on the YouTube side, make sure that you do hit that like button as well. Till next time, everybody. See ya and stay safe. If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. 
And MIDI can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. 